Uh, you look great. You look great. How you doing, everybody? What's going on? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. And uh, some of you knew uh, earlier today that uh, I was going to get a chance to speak to my good friend and uh, a respected colleague, Dr. Claude Anderson. Uh, Dr. Anderson is the author of the books uh, Powernomics, Black Labor, White Wealth, The Black History Reader, Dirty Little Secrets, and a lot of other books that you should take a look at. Uh, the website for those books is powernomics.com. So let me begin by asking my friend, Dr. Anderson, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. I can't complain anymore. I'm, I'm better off than a lot of people uh, that I've heard about recently and people I knew that have, a lot of them have passed on to another world. So I'm a sill above ground. All right. Well, you know what? We, we, we are glad that you're here and I, and I know you're going to live forever. Uh, that's that's a given in my, in my mind. I already know that's going to happen. Uh, you, you know, you, you, you're secured in immortality. Uh, so, Dr. Anderson, I want to ask you, uh, I know a lot of black folks have been wanting to hear from you uh, because uh, this country is going through a crazy and confusing time. Uh, a lot of uh, chaos happening all throughout the United States. Uh, a lot of political uh, shenanigans going down. And uh, and so I, I don't know exactly where to begin, except, first of all, to tell everybody, please greet Dr. Anderson. Just say hello. Uh, let him know how much you appreciate him. Let him know how much you love him. And also hit the thumbs up button so that we can build black media, uh, because we know black media is more important than ever, especially given that there's so much censorship going on and things like that. So, Dr. Anderson, uh, from where you stand, uh, you know, I, lo- I know you live in D.C., not too far from the Capitol, uh, and uh, also you are in our community. Uh, what are you seeing right now in terms of uh, what's going on in media and everything else? Well, I, I see something that is. That I predicted about in all of my, in my books, specifically in the Black History Reader, I talked about all these various things arriving, and I've made, I guess, thousands of predictions in my 60 years in, pop, in domestic politics and international politics, and, uh, and I'm, I'm just let me pat myself on the back to say about 97 percent of all the predictions I made came true, and uh, and just and on your show, I guess in November, December, and January, I talked about the four horses of the apocalypse, what that meant in the Bible. And we're in the sort of the final days according to the Bible, and uh, and I'm not I don't want to give any spiritual cer- ceremonies right now, uh, sermons, and um, but the, and but we're right now into the, the, four, the four horses of the apocalypse, and John was one of those that was going to be a, a white horse, then the uh, <clears throat> brown horse, then the black horse, then the red horse, and I went through all four of those things. But right now, the last horse is the red horse, and uh, if you can really understand what's going on now with the uh, uh, in the civil society, you have to somehow relate it back to the Bible. And in that regards, we talked about, the, about the, the red horse. Most blacks don't know what the red horse was, Dr. Watt, because that's the problem. And I keep telling myself, look, you got to remember all those symbols you see now on TV. And then it's trying to tell you that it's the red horse is here. I said, first of all, I said, you look, you look, at, the, look at the map. You just, had, you just went through a, an election back in November, the first of November. And um, you had what kind of states that you have on the map on on the uh, on the uh, on the, uh, the comparative voting patterns in across the United States? What blocks did you see in there? What color were those blocks? Red. I mean, well, those red and blue. Red and blue. Okay. So the whole solid South was what color? Red. Okay. So red. So now your red horse is here. And see, it's not it's, that's, that's not something that's accidental. Nothing happens in our society by accident. Most of these things are caused. They are purposeful. And they're brought by, by, by a chain reaction between various conditions in the society and people in politics. So you got you got these red states 
that are dominating and that they're black. And how, how many blacks do you think they know about those red states? What are those red states? What were they? Uh, what, what, what were the red states? Yeah. Uh, you're talking about just in the South, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, Texas, oh, stuff yes. like that. On the map, on the national map, what are the red states? Uh, well, well, um, I, I, I guess the, the the states from the Confederacy is that is yeah. that what you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. I don't mean to do that. I'm just, oh, just okay. exchange going with you. But those red states symbolize the Southern Confederacy, right? Those are, okay. those are the same red states that that have tried twice before in the history to overthrow this country and succeed and become dominant. That's what they came for. That's what they originated from, from going all the way back through history. They started that all the way back since the Revolutionary War. They wanted to dominate. The society dominate the American society for a very specific reason. That is because there is all the gifts and grants that they got coming to this country gave set up an agricultural industry for them in the South. That was in there. And so they came over here. That population is still exists and all their descendants are still in existence. And they're still fighting to do the same thing they tried to do in history. That is to be the dominant power in America. And it was based on what we call slave power. Slave power was the biggest power in America all the way up to the, to, to the Civil War. They dominated this country, always controlled the country. And it was linked to and tied directly into what you all call electoral college. The electoral college that came right out of slavery from those red states. And black folk thought, well, what is the electoral college? You've been under it all for all these damn years. You don't know what it is? It is, it is where all those red states got together and tried to figure out how can we control this nation? And it started in about 1830s, electoral college. And electoral college purpose where they picked out, they made sure that every state Every state had a chance to, to send to Washington uh, an, a, at least one person to represent them in the House of Representatives. And that, mean that, that means that you have, you have all those individuals based on the number of state representatives they had in Congress. And also, then got, and for every, for every representative, they got one vote. And in the Senate, they got, they got two for every state. And all together, they give you about 537 votes. That was Electoral College for. And it was set up in, in 1838. Why? because under what's called the Missouri Compromise, which says, do we make Missouri a slave state or does it come in as a free state? And the North gave in and submitted to the South because the South wanted another, another slave state to increase the slave power in America. And so they gave in and they gave in and uh, because the slave, because the Southern states had the wealth, the wealth of this nation was not in the North. The North didn't have any wealth. All the major industries were in the South, the agriculture industries. And, that, and based on the products they were producing, that's everything from clothing to furniture to, to food, tobacco, cotton, rice, indigo. They had everything coming out of the South. They wanted to control the country. And they said now, and, and the North couldn't beat them. The North couldn't beat them from, from the founding of the country all the way up to the Civil War. That's what the Civil War was about. And so out of that came a lot of myths that I'm going to talk about in a few seconds after I make this presentation so you understand what I'm talking about. So the South wanted to be able to dominate this country. And that's what those red states signified, that we are red. That means the Confederate South. They, and they tried twice before. They tried doing this during the revolution. They tried really through the Civil War. And they tried again in about the 1900s when they had what's called the Red Summer. It was called the Red Summer in 1919. That's when they burned down Tulsa, Oklahoma. When they burned, when they burned down up in that time, all these major urban areas that were producing wealth, power for black folk. Wilmington, North Carolina, and uh, Wilton, and uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Greenwood, and also in Tennessee, and also what, what called Rosewood in Florida. That's what the red was about. That's why it was called the red summer. 
They killed and slaughtered black folk at that time, burned down everything that black folk had because they did not want black folk to be competitive. And so that redness stays there. That's why it's on the, on the map. The second thing that redness signified was by, by, by Donald Trump. What color was Donald Trump's hat for his campaign? It was red. And the, okay, it was red again. There's your red, signifying they belong to the South, the red states. Now, what does it, now he's called it MAGA. What does the MAGA stand for? Uh, make America Great Again. Right. And now, now, Make America Great Again. If it's again, that means it happened before. It was at one time, sometime in the past, it was great, right? But you say, if you're going to make it great again. Now, when was America great? Well, uh, some would say during slavery, um, for some people, right? For those who were able to make money from slavery. Okay, is, that, so, is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. That's exactly right. That means during slavery, only two times in this nation that anybody in this nation or anybody outside this nation could consider that the United States and would conclude that the United States was great. That was It was great during slavery because everything was happening. This country was the biggest major producer, had the biggest industries in the country. Up during slavery at that point, the United States was producing up until the Civil War. And after the Civil War, America was producing 92% of all the products that were being manufactured in the world. They were coming out of the United States, clothes, furniture. Right? Then later on was telephone, radios, TVs, uh, shoes, clothing. We had a major clothing industries all up through the South. They were dominating. That's what the red hat was for. Make America great again means if you can, try to subordinate these black folk back again to slavery or to Jim Crow summer high slavery, which was the second time that America was great. It was great doing slavery and doing Jim Crow semi-slavery. That's the only two times this country agreed. And but I didn't hear anybody asking asking Trump, what does that mean when you say make America great again? When was it agreed? Nobody asked him that. So he got away with that, running a campaign for almost five years. Nobody asked him. Now, in addition to that, what color was the Confederate flag? Well, the Confederate flag, uh, you know what? Uh, it had a lot of different colors in it, right? Uh, right. Red, red, white, and blue, wasn't it? Right. Now, it was stars on it, but blue stars, but it was basically red. Right, right. You're right. Mostly red with the. Here, I'm going to pull the uh, screen, the image up so everybody can kind of see it. Um, I know people know what the Confederate flag looks like, but just in case you forget, uh, let me show uh, everybody uh, the Confederate flag. If you Google it, this is what you get. That's right. There it is again. It's red. And again, going back, you, that's a red horse. <laughs> the red horse is on upon, upon you. And so now the consequence, that means that all that relates back to the red horse dominating everything. That's what they're up to. Now, somebody should ask, well, for all these different issues we're discussing, what is, the, what is the baseline? What they don't tell you is the baseline on this stuff is really race. Race is the baseline of all this stuff is being debated. Nobody tells you that, though. They don't want you to know that. That's the base issue. They get caught in the superficiality of these conflicts that you see all over the country about the Electoral College. Now, what did the Electoral College do when they set it up? What did they set it up? For the South to control the nation. And so, and, and, and since the South had all the power, the wealth, we are Southerner right now, where one slave had more, more wealth than the typical white upside in the Union, which means in the North, but if he put throw in his house, his job, and all his assets in his farm, that one white southerner with a slave had an equal equalness in terms of wealth and power. Then 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 if a throw in a northerner, but everything he owned, his slave alone was equated to that. 
because the white didn't have to work. All they would send one black out, and black would go out and work his rig and all day long and bring the money back home to him. And so they wanted to keep it. So what they said is that we will, we will, we will set up an electoral college. And the whole point of electoral college is several things for you, where we, that, that you cannot put anybody in power in the White House unless we approve it through the electoral college. And the South controlled the electoral college, even though in some of the states out west, where the, where the population may have been, was less than what I have in a, in a, in a, in, in poor, in, in a low income housing in New York or in Chicago. I had more people out in, 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 in low income housing in the country than you had in, 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 in Idaho, Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota. But yet they had, but they had more elector, elector, uh, electoral people to represent them in, in Washington than, 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 than they had people in, in, a, in, in low income housing. And so consequently, a black, uh, a black folk didn't have any representation. And secondly, what did they do? They said, well, in this electoral college, it's going to be based on the Constitution, which means that, that, that a black person can no longer be qualified to be a human being. He'd be less than a human being. He'd be three-fifths of a human being. That was locked into the Constitution for the welfare of those red states. He'd be less than a human being. He would be classified as property, non-citizens. Mm -hmm. So consequently, when we bring in people that's going to become a part of the South and the red states, they they got to come in here and get all kind of advantages to maintain the red states. That's why they haven't changed. Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, South Carolina, Georgia, they're running the game on you. They still plan on dominating and controlling. That's why that's what the whole thing in Washington is about. When they when they when they chase down the Capitol, and and elected in, in the midst of that electoral count saying that you cannot, they say it's illegal. That's what he was talking about when he said it was fraudulent, illegal. And that's what it was. That's what, that's what Trump was trying to tell you, that, that you all ain't going to get a damn thing if necessary. If, you do, if you're not going to go by what we set up in 1830, we're going to raid it. We're going to raid mm -hmm. it. Now, that's, so, so, and it was, what else is in that? It means that also on the Electoral College, since we're going to count a black person as only three fifths of a human being in terms of three fifths of a human, therefore he's nothing but property. He's going to be excused from being being playing, playing property taxes on him. So we'll get a tax uh, a tax rebate and discount because even though he's property, we and we and we got fifty percent of all all his people living in the South are black folk at that time going across those states, and we can classify him as property or an asset an asset we're not gonna pay taxes on him mm. but we're gonna but we're gonna count him in the population so we'll be over overcome you you whites in the north and they said what else what else are you gonna use it for then also we're going to dictate in the south with those red states that all the major military bases be established in, in, in the south established mm. in the south your military base will be set up across the nation in the south so that the southerners can control the military complex in this country and what mm -hmm. else? What else do you need them for? And also, we're going to dictate that not only will they be uh, in the in the uh, in the South, but we're going to also to make sure that in Washington D.C. that all the chairmanships, like McConnelly, like McConnelly, and uh, uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, most of these Southerners, in the old days, would be Russell and all these guys, that the Southerners control the chairmanships on the budgets in the Washington D.C. The budgets are controlled by the Southerners, and they really? have all the chairmanships, so the money, so they control all the money. That's what they were talking about. They were talking about fraud. They were talking about 
what you're doing is violating what we've always set up in, into the into the electoral college complex. So mm. we always dominate this country. And if you're not doing it, we're gonna we're gonna take over Washington D.C. Hmm. Well, let me let me ask you this, Dr. Anderson. So, um, you know, uh, so so you were touching on um, uh, what, what the, the the Southern power and the military bases being in the South, et cetera. Now, here's here's something I want you to kind of I'd love for you to to kind of get your, ta- your your take on this. Um, so when I when I saw what happened on the Capitol and I saw the people running up on the Capitol. Um, I saw I saw a lot of white males um, and I saw white males who uh, uh, many of whom were from the South. Some some of whom were not, but a lot of them were from the South. Um, a lot of them look like gun owners. And uh, and, and and when I see that. I, I saw them sort of protesting against um, what they what they see as uh, maybe the, the 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 elite on the left. Uh, the ones who control the technology, who control Amazon and Twitter and Facebook and all that. Uh, also, uh, the politicians, who, most of whom are millionaires. Uh, I wonder, how do you think that's going to play out in America when uh, when you've got millions of people uh, who, who've been, you know, they, they, they're booting them off social media and everything else now. Millions of people who are very angry, who've been starved out for six or seven months uh, because they haven't been able to work or anything like that. Uh, I, I picture this this white male in the middle of Tennessee who has lost his uh, job, uh, who's lost his his family, be, maybe because he lost his job, maybe he's lost his woman too. Uh, he's mad as hell, and he's got some extra guns in the back, and he ain't got nothing to do, and he's got time on his hands to get in his pickup truck and drive up to Washington. Uh, I wonder what that's going to do for America in terms of the chances that we might end up in some kind of a civil war at some point. What, what do you think of the odds of us having, uh, and I don't want this to happen at all, but what do you think of the odds of America sort of hitting the, the tipping point in terms of uh, violence and things like that? It's, it's, it's very likely because that's what the red horse meant, that's told you. Red horse meant not only are you going to have the, have, the, have the red trying to dominate the country and take it over, but it's going to also bring what? It's going to bring, look, look in the Bible, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring viruses and I talked about that way back about 15 years ago in my in <clears throat> in the Harvest Institute newsletters that what would accompany that would be viruses. And these viruses are gonna be coming from strange places. That's why all these viruses they're talking about, well, they came from China. Most of them come from Europe and they're all over the world because your doors are wide open. That's mm. why you're gonna keep having viruses coming there. Anytime you bring, anytime something is transplanted, whether it's vegetation or animal from one place to another place, it's gonna bring some, it's gonna bring a negative with it. You cannot have a positive by having more immigrants come to the country without, without having uh, having diseases and stuff accompanying that and displacement of other things. The natural environment would be if, if you bring in <clears throat> if you bring in a lot of people from Latin America and you bring in a lot of plants from Latin America, then you're going to have fire ants come into America, or you're going to have the Oscar, uh, the African snail come into America, being brought in with the African snail down in, down in the southern part of the United States and climb on the wall to eat all the paint off, off the buildings in Miami and Florida, and they, they eat the paint off. You're gonna have fire ants gonna to come to the country and they're gonna spread all through the South where the fire ants are to kill and destroy most of your food, which is gonna create the next problem, which is gonna be a food shortage coming up soon. Those things are gonna follow. You cannot have, there's an old social uh, 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 economic philosophy that says for every, for every positive, you're gonna have an equal disadvantage. And that's Newton's third law. Third law says for every positive, there's gonna be a negative. And so, so you're going to have all these diseases coming. 
and you're going to be totally ill-equipped to be able to deal with them. That's why you're going to right now the new virus that you're creating to uh, to get rid of the uh, this con virus that we're dealing with. And when he, once you give all those people those shots, guess what's going to happen? It's going to change their immunity system. So what's going to happen? Once once it change your immunity system, it's going to create make you susceptible to other kind of viruses. And whatever's already in the body is going to be changed and altered. That's why you're going to have you're going to have new forms of disease, sexual diseases appearing up all over the place. Because what's going to happen? You're going to have you're going to have super grades of gonorrhea and syphilis developing. Because because the whole body's chemistry is going to be shifted because you're changing it. Those things going to hit, going to clash between those new new vaccines you're taking. Those vaccines going to change the genetic structures in the body, and you're going to have all kinds of diseases. And how are you going to deal with it? It's like right now for the people trying to go off to space and bring back things from space, out of space. Yes, you can bring back rocks and all kinds of fertile things from out of space, but guess what? There's nothing on the earth that can handle and, and, and deal with that new kind of disease and bacteria and chemicals that you're going to bring into this country. See, every every community has something that's a balance. It keeps a balance. In Africa, if you got something that can that a that a hyena can can eat the waste up, but guess what? A lion would eat the would eat the hyena. You haven't got any balance in this country, and uh, the uh, in in uh, in Florida, they brought in these different kind of ferns that you throw up on the trees. But what happened? Those damn things started killing off the trees. They came in with boats. Now we got now we got got different kind of fish coming from Africa, China. You guess what it's doing? It's eating up our fish in this country, killing and destroying the fish. They call it the snake fish. Are you? Am I putting you to sleep on this one now? Voice, are you with me? Boris, Boris, are you there? I am here. Okay. Sorry about that. You able to hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you now. You were cutting off on me. So, so yeah, the, sorry about that. So the balance is going to change. So now let me go back to a second and answer your question. I'll give you a long diatribe, a long uh, 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 speech that I didn't have to necessarily give to you. Now about go back to your thing in Washington, D.C. So, so what happened? We got all these myths that's going to keep this thing going. For instance, when the first myth is going to come out now, you're going to see people saying, well, you know, uh, what those people are doing, that, that there were 10,000 people in Washington, D.C. that was going over the fence and destroying uh, the Capitol. They were going and breaking out the windows, knocking out the doors, stealing the furniture and stealing anything, going through the records uh, about people's personal businesses in the Washington, D.C. and all kind of political things that they should not be involved in. Um, and then they were urinating and, and, and dropping feces and using rooms, some of the rooms up in the White House as toilets, as bathrooms and crapping in them and leaving the bowels on the floor. They did all these things to totally degrade Washington, D.C. And now uh, what's going to happen? They, well, what they'll do is they'll start they build another myth and say, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to ignore all that stuff by saying that what's the difference between uh, whites coming over the fence and totally dis degrading the, the, the nation's capital and crapping on the floor and urinating behind the doors and uh, stealing everything and tearing up everything. They say, you black folk do that. You all... You, you, you all had the Million Man March in the Washington, D.C. You all had the uh, uh, Black Lives Matter in the Washington, D.C. So we're doing exactly the same thing you all do. That's a lie. Because see, nobody in, the, in, 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 in segregated white schools or white politicians and white historians ever tell you all the truth. There's no difference. There's a big difference between black folk demonstrating in the Million Man March or demonstrating in the civil rights uh, marches demonstrating in the Million Lives Matter 
uh, marches. There's a major difference. What those blacks were complaining about was having been denied citizenship, having been denied humanity, having been denied their human rights and, and, and the privileges and rights that comes with being an American citizen. They've been denied for 440, 40, 465 years. And now they're going to try to equate that and justify what these white Southerners in the red states did in Washington, D.C. That is stupid, is ignorant, is insulted to black folk to try to compare the two. They didn't, have, they didn't have any grievances. They told, well, whites in the South and the red states, they got some grievances. That's what they're complaining about. They're aggrieved. You should ask, aggrieved about what? They came to America as freeloaders. All those Southern whites came to America as freeloaders. They came here specifically on boats, crowded on boats, and came to America. That's what the Statue of Liberty was about. That's why the bottom of it, the description says, give me your, give me your tired, which means those who don't want to do a damn thing, they want to freeload. Give me your tired, give me your poor. You don't own a damn thing, you're pissed poor. That's what you're coming to America. You're coming here to get some benefits. What are you coming here to get? We're coming to get what's called the American dream, since you all are so stupid to set up what's called an American dream and put it in a document. We're coming here, we're crowding these boats coming in from Europe. We're emptying our prisons, our population, our mental institutions to build states like Georgia. We've taken the insane, the prisoners, and building a state called Georgia that you're all not going to fight over. The, the oh. Europe emptied their prisons and mental institutions and the poorhouses to build Georgia, to be a buffer between blacks trying to escape from South from slavery in the United States and get to Florida. And now, but, but now we're going to try to use that to justify that whites in those, in those states got grievances. They don't have any grievances. They came and got free land and free and free black black labor, which says to them, you got to be stupid to come to America and not get rich. And we give you free land and free labor. OK, you got to be stupid if you can't get rich. And for everyone that came here, we gave them 750 acres of free land. And for every slave they only got coming into the south and the red states, they gave them 150 slaves. I mean, uh, for every 150 slaves they had, they gave they got free uh, free acres for it. They got, for every slave, they got 150 acres. And mm-hmm. then all together, starting with George Washington, as like you heard me say before, George Washington and, and, and uh, Je- Thomas Jefferson, each one of them got 100,000 acres of free land mm-hmm. and passed it on from one generation to the next. The southern states right now, they are living off of what they got free. And that's why well, we got, we, y'all don't want to hear our grievances in the south. That's why we're going to come over that fence and we're going to come take back and said, take, we're going to take back this nation because you all gave it to y'all were dumb enough to give it to us free. Now we're going to take it back. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and we're going to equate it to what, what the, what the, what the black lives matter did. They were in the streets, but, but they, they said, we're going to ignore the fact they were there because they would be trying to trying to fight back over the fact that they've been treated as slaves for, and Jim Crow semi-slaved for, for 460 something years and another 60 years of benign neglect. They had specific grievances that are locked into the United States Constitution, which was the first affirmative action plan in the United States for the United States Constitution. It's the first affirmative action plan, but it was strictly for whites and people coming from Europe. Anybody's got white blood could come here and get everything they want. They got 100% of all the land, the businesses, the minerals, the wealth, the opportunities, the rights, the privileges, the freedoms, and, uh, and consequently, they still control one almost 100% of everything. Blacks own and control less than one half or 1% of anything in value in this country. And they're going to use, the, use that Washington thing, climbing over the fence as an excuse 
They say, well, you black folk do it, but they never tell you because we got black leadership in Washington and in the school system, the universities that never tell black folk, never tell black folk those, that when those red states make those comments, that, that, that up until 19, late 1950s, that over 348 cities had been burned down in this country and mm-hmm. through riots, demonstrations. And guess what? All 348 of them were led by whites. Blacks have never, never, never rioted and burned down a city up until the 1950s, 50. But all whites had had a reputation for doing that for throughout all the histories, hundreds and hundreds of years in this country. Whites were the one that burned down the countries. They would burn down maroon villages. They would go out in the woods and burn down everything black folk built. They were the ones that burnt down Tennessee, Rosewood, that Wilmington, uh, Tulsa, Greenwood, and had riots, uh, what they call uh, uh, race riots or war riots, uh, civil rights riots in New York, Chicago, where they burned down big, large tournaments. Black folk had never, never, ever burned down a big city or set fires in in the city. All at 100% is about whites. But I don't hear anybody challenge that. That is a myth, a lie that they get away with. And, and, that, and that's how the red states continue to dominate. They're going to dominate now because you haven't got in enough blacks who have never read any of my books. And, and obviously they haven't read my books. And so they have, and they have, and then their white schools don't have any, don't have any, my books in, on, in, in their public schools or the private schools or the Catholic schools. And so they don't know all this. And you got people in, and got blacks up there representing the United States. They don't know it. Because what white historians do is pick something about a white personality and say that's history. And black mm-hmm. folk do the same thing. Black folks say if, if, if history in the United States, black history is talk about Martin Luther King, uh, 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 anything. W.B. Du Bois, that's black history. That's not black history. Who connects the dots between what happens in these cities and all these events and issues and, and episodes? That's why our people are all ignorant on both in the white community and the black community. Dr. Watkins. Well, let, well, let me jump in. Dr. I'm getting a little bit of feedback. I'm going to mute the mic for a second. Uh, are, are you all able to hear me okay? Uh, give me a yes in the chat if you can hear me okay. Uh, there was a little bit of an echo for a second, so I'm going to mute Dr. Anderson's mic until he speaks. Uh, let me know if you can hear us and uh, okay. And also, uh, please hit the thumbs up button, the share button, the subscribe button. Uh, if you haven't done it yet, uh, you're on drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. And I'm speaking with Dr. Claude Anderson. He's the author of the books, uh, Powernomics, Black Labor, White Wealth, The Black History Reader, and Dirty Little Secrets 1 and 2. You can go to powernomics.com if you'd like to take a look at his books. So, uh, Dr. Anderson, I'd like to ask you a question. Um, so uh, you, you mentioned uh, you know, some of the, the, the issues that, that come up with conservatives and Republicans and, and what was going on in Washington. Uh, and, and so that, that would almost seem to lead to uh, some, some to a conclusion that says, that the Democratic Party and Joe Biden, that their crew, that they got, they've got it right, uh, that that they're not doing what uh, we're seeing from the conservatives. Uh, what do you think that Joe Biden and uh, the Democratic Party are doing uh, that is right or wrong, say relative to what is happening more so on the conservative right, uh, the Trump supporters? <clears throat> well, the Trump supporters are doing what I say. They're going back to, into history, and they, that's what conservatism comes from. Conservatism comes from the root word to conserve. What does conserve means? To conserve means to hold on to what one has, to hold on what one has, and to say for those who don't have, you aren't gonna ever get. That's what conservatism means. And black folk haven't got enough patience 
or an intellectual curiosity to say, when a white person tells me and brags and boasts about his their being a conservative, I never have the forewith of aggressiveness or the integrity to go up and say, what, what are you conserving? What are they conserving? They, they never inquire. They, they never say, what are you, the whites say, well, we're conserving having all the land. We're concerned having all the businesses. We're concerning having all the rights and the privileges. We're concerned the right to be able to lynch black folk and call them picnics when we lynch one so everybody can come out and have a good time and enjoy it. We, 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 we have a right to conserve having coon hunts. They're trying to conserve something that they have. Don't you ever, why do you let, let people get in front of your face and say, I'm a conservative, instead of asking, what are you in the hell are you conserving? Now, but you have some blacks to say it. They say they're conservatives too. I would ask them the same thing. If you're a black, what are you conserving? What are you conserving? I look at the statistics of black folk historically and today. What are you conserving? You, uh, you, you search, I'm, I'm conserving food stamps. I'm conserving public housing. I, I'm conserving poverty. I'm conserving a job. I'm working for white folk. That's what I'm conserving. You say, hell, you must be stupid. And, uh, and, 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 and what's it? if you're conservative and you're black, it, it, that, that's like... Uh, <laughs> That's like being a rabbit and running with the hound dogs while pretending you're a friend to the rabbit. I see you ain't accomplishing a damn thing. You don't have anything to conserve. What you need to do is go look at look at the powernomics plan now for, for after this election and that and it's and the, and the political shift that's gonna happen next week, where all of a sudden the Democrats are gonna take over. And Dr. Anderson has a, an empowerment plan for black folk. And nobody said, Well, why don't we buy those books that Dr. Anderson have and read them and saying, what is the powernomics plan for black folk now when the Democrats take over the full house and they take over the presidency and both houses of Congress? He has a plan. There are eight things that he wants black folk to accomplish. And, they, and what are they? That's what they should be asking. And they say, well, Democrats have a plan. Don't forget that. All they're going to do is try to regurgitate stuff that went on 50 years ago. Uh, well, we need, we need more affirmative action plan. We need to, we need to have more uh, 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 civil rights. No, no, no. Look at the powernomics plan the eight things and everything that black folks need to have is deals with economics. Don't worry. Don't waste your time talking about social. Don't waste your time talking about, well, we, we, we got to get more blacks voting. Who gives a damn about voting? If you don't have an economy behind you, vote ain't worth a quarter because you can't enforce it. You can't punish people, nor can you reward people for doing it, Dr. Watkins. And, but I, my books explain all this. The, the five books called a library pack. From the first one called Black Labor, White Wealth. Black Labor, White Wealth. The reason blacks are poor, I keep telling blacks, folks, been telling as long as I was in the Democratic Party, you can't, you cannot resolve poverty unless you redistribute some wealth. When whites maldistributed 100% of everything into white hands, how in the hell are you going to eradicate poverty unless you redistribute the wealth? Right now, whites own 99% of the wealth in the country. Blacks own one half of 1%. And I get tired of saying, I've been saying this stuff for 60 years. They keep talking about civil rights. Don't bring me any civil rights. I don't give a damn about civil rights. What I give a right, give a damn about is black rights. I haven't heard one person, not one, yet ever tell me about black rights. I always talk about, well, we got, we got, we got, we got to worry about, we got civil rights. We, we got, uh, we got female rights, feminine rights. We got uh, veteran rights. We got gay rights. We got transsexual rights. We got uh, handicapped rights. And we got a vet. Uh, what about black folk? Well, black folk, we don't have any black folk, right? We got some civil rights. I said, who in the hell is civil? Who in the hell is civil? Which means that even if you got some civil rights, 
where does civil live? What, what, are, what are you going to send to civil? <laughs> Why everybody has got to have specific rights? Everybody, well, here, here, here are Asian rights and here are, here are Hispanic rights. You got to be stuck on stupid. Where, why don't you talk? Quit talking about Asian rights and Hispanic rights and, and gay rights and midget rights and humpback rights. And uh, why don't you talk about black rights? Well, Doctor Anderson, that'll make people angry if we talk about black rights. I said no, it makes them laugh because you're stupid. Quit telling people. Talk about your own people. Put your own interests first. Damn, give me a break. That's why I said I'm glad I'm at my age because right now I've outlived half of this stuff. I never seen this kind of stupidity in my life. You gotta, you gotta have a license to these damn stupid issues. And I got people sitting up in Congress talking about civil rights. Civil rights started off in 1860. Started off strictly and solely for black folk, and white folk took it over in 19 by 1966. And now civil rights pertains to everybody but blacks. You go to court right now for lawsuits, and guess what? Women right now, women rights take up 97 percent of all the lawsuits in the country dealing about women. Gays get the rest of it. And immigrants, black, I mean, it, uh, Hispanic immigrants get the rest. Nobody gives a damn about black folk because you let them get away with it. You beg for ass whippings and you get them. Hmm. Well, you know, uh, Dr. Anderson, one, one of the things that's interesting, uh, to your point, uh, and everybody who's watching, please hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Uh, do me a favor right now, uh, hashtag B1. B1 means we're black first. And uh, it's very important that, uh, you don't just hit the thumbs up button that you subscribe to wherever you are, uh, subscribe to something because right now uh, there's a lot of censorship happening. Uh, they are chopping down YouTube channels left and right, Facebook pages, all that stuff. So just in case that happens with us, uh, we have a backup plan. You can connect with us <clears throat> via text message. Um, just text the word voice to 31996, text voice to 31996. Also, if you go to allblackeconomics.com, you can get on our email list or uh, actually the allblackagenda.com. The allblackagenda.com uh, doesn't just have links to Dr. Anderson's books, uh, which you can also get at powernomics.com. But also there's uh, information on how you can connect with us via email and I'll also have a survival plan for your family uh, because I think things are going to get worse in America. So, so, so Dr. Anderson, I want to ask you that question next. Um, in terms of the, you know, when you talk about four horses of the apocalypse and things like that, and, and also, I've heard you mention um, that technology uh, is, is 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 part of that clock you were talking about, where in the next stage of the clock, you're going to have shortages on food and water and really uh, some people having to go into survival mode. So I'm going to tell you what I just did, and uh, and I'd like to get your take on this. Um, I actually began uh, the, the discussion with my family about putting together a survival plan in case the grid goes down, in case the, the civil war breaks out, or in case... Uh, that you know these apocalypse uh, issues sort of pop up. Uh, what what are your thoughts in, in terms of what you can share with people to get ready for the next stage of what could happen in America if things spiral out of control? Well, first of all, I would take out that C O U L D could happen. No, it's going it's going to happen. And then see what's going what's going to happen now is that I said when when you have the red states again trying to seek and take over control again of the nation, and you're gonna immediately after that. Since they're the people who control most of the supplies that you're going to need, you should have already been heavily engaged in your own home, practicing how to move into a survival mode. That means everything that you can have as a backup system right now. That's why I suggested last year, for, for, for God's sake, I said, build your own damn communities. Why in the world would you live in a society where you spend all your time trying to social integrate and rather than trying to, trying to be able to, to figure out how to 
create your own community where you create your own product uh, your uh, products and services and goods for your own people and quit trying to be a guest in everybody else's community right now black folk right now do, do not have you cannot have wealth power and i don't know why i see a lot of neophytes and uh community activists talking about we're going to empower ourselves how are you going to empower it when you're integrated you got to have you don't you don't see any other group coming to america saying I'm getting to America. As soon as I get there, the first thing I'm going to do is socially integrate. Nobody cares about social integration. What they want is, again, is, is to be able to create aggregation. And see, and I told them way back during the civil rights movement, I said, you're wrong. I won't care with Martin Luther King and John Lewis and the rest of them. You're still wrong. The issue should never be whether you want segregation or integration. It should be aggregation. Did, have you got enough sense to be able to come together someplace and put all your people in one place and be able to produce enough services and goods and employment opportunities for your own people to be able to survive and compete and then build a shell over it call us call a, uh again uh, a sense of total in, uh, separation but again it, it, uh, aggregation and protect yourself by setting up your own rules of code of conduct on how your people are going to live together see right now black folk are scared to live together because they've been taught not to live together and that's why way back in the 1800s that some of the biggest white racists to say black folk are never going to take up arms against against white folk. All they want to do is be at your beck and call, at your arm's length to take care of you, to be your body servant or to wait on you or be, or be a handed person for you to go, go for it, go for this and, and do the work for you and be happy to be accepted by you. And see, black folks should say, no, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being against my own people. Build your own communities. That's why I said, if, I told you way back that we should have our own holiday our own holiday where black folk would come together in this country. And I, I recommend it the second Saturday in August every year. That should be what I call a harvest festival day where black folk all over this country can come out and say, we are proud to be with our own people and to recognize their achievements. Why? Because in this country, contrary to what the red states say and the red powers in this country have said throughout history, that we are special people. You are special people. Do not let them continue to practice these myths and fables against you about with fable one is that black folk, there's nothing special about black folk. They, 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 they don't see the difference between them and a, and, a, and a jackass or a horse. Why are they special? They are special because nobody has been mistreated and maltreated like black folk in this country. They, they are special people. And contrary to what the myths that you hear all the time about, all people in America should come together because everybody has contributed equally to the development of the nation. That's a big lie. That's a fable. That's a myth. All people have not contributed equally. Black folk were the founding group in this country. Contrary to what you hear, they were the engines that drove the economic development of this nation. And that 99% of all the black people in this America are called native black Americans. They, are, they didn't come here yesterday or two weeks ago or two years ago or 10 years ago. They've been here. They're direct descendants of slaves. They should be put into a special category with a special name. And they can't, you cannot call them African-Americans. They had no connection to Africa. When they, they were devoured and stripped of all that African nationalities, put on those boats and sent to America and brought into this country. They were stripped of all Africanness. And when they, they put two or three months in being seasoned, seasoned, meaning whipped and beaten and changed to the fact that they were a different kind of people born in this nation, going to be raised with the values and must learn how to survive with their own culture. Black folk have a special culture. That they learned that, that they learned to survive off of that makes them native blacks they're different from african blacks they're different from caribbean blacks they're different from european blacks 
but they they got a they got a common ancestry, but they are not African Americans. They are native black Americans. And that makes them very special. And because 99% of them were here before 99%, very important, before 99% of all these Europeans arrived in this country and went into the South, they become become Confederate states and red states in the South, and politicians from the red states and some of the Western states. They are special people. That's why they should be classified as special people or exceptional people. They should be put into a special category. That's what they should be raising Cain about, saying we are special people. We are. We demand appreciation, reparation, and a sense of togetherness as a special people. And we just and we demand that we have the same uh, benefits that all these European whites got when they came to the country and got all that land in the South. They didn't buy that land in the South. They got it free. They got all those acres in the South. That's why they got all those big farms in the South. Nobody. They didn't buy them. If they bought them, they bought them chicken chains, pennies. That's how they got, that's why all the blacks in the South and all these Alabama, Mississippi, that's why they're still working for whites and living in shacks. They should be demanding reparations. Now, in the power numbers plan, all these things are laid out. There are five or seven points of things that should be the primary objectives of black folk in the country. They should not be just things that they were marching for. These are things that black folks should be demanding. And I'm going to particularly, through the power numbers corporation and the Howard Institute, I'm going to be demanding that, that, the, that the Southern states and the Democratic Party make those the priorities for black folk in America. They got the black folks vote, black folks support. They've been getting it now for 50 years. They must demand these, these seven things be put into effect. One is a high-speed rail system I've been planning that run across the South in the Cotton Belt, running all the way from South Carolina to Texas and to almost to California. That would be, be most of it owned by blacks a high-speed rail system that can travel through the South to give them something to say, we show you all, we do own something. We are poor because you all made us poor, but we're going to get out of that poor category. We're not going to try to correct poverty. We're going to leave poverty alone. I don't want black folk trying to, we're going to have a war on poverty, damn a war on poverty. I need your war on, on, on getting wealth and power, empowerment, empowerment. That's what you want. Not no having a wealth on poverty. Leave poverty alone and just try to get black folk out of it as many as you can. The way you get them out of it is build your own communities, produce your own products, your services and goods, provide job opportunities and homes, a residence for your own people, and respect your own people. Respect your neighborhoods and fight for them. And say, don't come into my neighborhood and say you're going to do something to black folk. I don't care if you are black. Begin post signs that they get outside of saying, this is black, this, this is the black community. And, and any kind of violation of black folk, anything that's illegal is prohibited by our code of conduct. There are certain things you will not do in the black community and get away with it. And we mean that. And mm-hmm. we'll take care of you. We don't got to call the police. Quit calling the police. Have every black neighborhood in America, the majority of the people in there are, are not even blacks on the police force. They want to know why people are killing black folk. They kill you because you invite them and give them the badge and the club and the gun and pay them to do it. Nobody, you're not, you're not going to a white community and find all the, all the majority of the police in a white community are black. Damn, give me a break. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll go ahead and speak. <laughs> well, everybody, uh, uh, this is Dr. Claude Anderson, this, this passionate young man that I'm on the on the air with today. Um, uh, Dr. Claude Anderson is the author of the books, Powernomics, Black Labor, White Wealth, uh, Dirty Little Secrets 1 and 2, and The Black History Reader. These are excellent books. And these are books that, that I highly, highly, highly recommend. And um, and I have not talked about this uh, publicly, but uh, Dr. Anderson, um, 
I, I think this might be the time to mention this. Uh, Ice Cube, uh, the you know, the guy that everybody was beating up on, but who really stepped forward for the community. Uh, I got I got on the phone with him and I said, uh, why don't you and I buy a thousand copies each of Powernomics and give them away to those who uh, who can't afford a copy? So I, I, this is the first time I mentioned this, but I want everybody to know that Cube agreed. Uh, so so Ice Cube's joining me in giving away uh, 2000 copies of Powernomics. Uh, we're just trying to figure out the right way to distribute the books. But uh, just so you know, uh, if you are struggling financially, uh, we hear you. We care about you. We w- we don't want that to get in the way of you having what you need. And so uh, so within the next week or so, I'm going to announce to you guys how uh, our team is going to find a way to get the book shipped to you and stuff like that. Uh, so, uh, so, so I just want to give him a shout out on that, Ice Cube, for the fact that, you know, he, he puts his money where his mouth is. Um, he stood up uh, when, when when everybody was telling him to sit down. He stood up, and uh, and I'd like for you, Doctor Anderson, if, if you don't mind, maybe kind of uh, giving your perspective on uh, on just sort of what what happened with when you know when, when a guy like Ice Cube steps forward and simply says, "We need to do something for black folk," and why and how it really revealed the animosity toward the black community that is being held even by our friends, even even the people that we think are our friends. I uh, had a lot of animosity toward just the basic idea of him saying we should do something for black folks. And I contrast that with uh, you had, uh, you know, some black elected officials down South, maybe Stacey Abrams or James Clyburn, who were very proud to say, you know, we, we saved the Democratic Party. We did this for Joe Biden. We did that for Joe Biden. But uh, there was no reciprocity. The, the, that com- They didn't finish the other side of that sentence by saying, well, this is what they're going to do for black folks in, in exchange. Right. So so this this made me think about what you always talk about with the doctrine of unequal exchange in in black labor, white wealth. And can you kind of speak on that in terms of how that holds us back as black people simply not demanding what we deserve? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, you're right on point And see, and I'm glad you brought up Ice Cube. Because see, I like Ice Cube. I, I have a lot of respect for Ice Cube. And uh, and one of my one of my goals is to bring together a whole cadre of black celebrities in the country that got the wealth and the resources and the persona to be able to help me promote a self-awareness across this country of black independence and black self-empowerment. It can be done if we started acting like other groups and that commonly do, act like what the Jews do or like the Asians do or the Muslims do. They promote their own interests, their own culture and their own people. And it's, and, you, and and that's how they make it. See, what, what gives Jews power Yes, they get power, first of all, because they try to control something like the, like the clothing industry, the diamond industry, or, the, the, or the, uh, the lending industry, the book industry, the movie industry. And then they employ their own people and give business opportunities to their own people. Black folk can do the same thing. And that's why I'm proud of people like, like, uh, like Q. And, uh, and I also, even though they might think he's, they don't like the way he, is, he acts sometimes, uh, Kanye, I like Kanye. He has money and wealth and resources, and I like uh, I like Usher, and uh, I like Puff Daddy. I like all these people. I want them to come together as a cadre. Do you know what would happen if we had a cadre, and 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 the whole thing was shaped like a pyramid, like this? And on the top of that pyramid, the thing we need is wealth. We need wealth up there, and at the bottom we got all our poor people down here. But if that pyramid was shaped right at the bottom, those poor people at the bottom. We don't have to try to get them out of poverty. They are part of a major triangle like this. And that way they can be, they all enjoy the comfort. We have the p- bottom, 
they're, they're, they're the common workers and, and, and our baseline for our people where they all have a comfortable lifestyle. And at the center, you have what you call a, a thinking class. A thinking class could be any kind of our brain, our brightest people that would develop concepts and strategies and learn for strategies for the politics and for the economics. And at the top pyramid, you have all our wealthy people up there putting in money. Where I call and say, look, I want everybody that, that is a multimillionaire to meet with me next week in, in such and such city. I want at least 500 of you to show up. Just like White's got over 600, 600 multi-billionaire white. That, that, that can meet at any time and write a check and do anything they want. I want that kind of wealth power built for black folk where we can have enough wealth and power. I said, now we're going to build, we're going to go to different cities and set up, set up businesses for our own people that would produce jobs and products and services. Why right now don't we own, we need the same thing that whites need. All, let me give you this. Back before the civil rights movement, we had over 200, over 200 Dr. Watkins of shoe making manufacturing industries in the United States. Guess what happened? The whites shifted them out of here based on the 1950s, uh, 1968 civil rights law. We shipped all those major industries. Guess what we did with them? Where blacks, we, we closed them down and shifted those industries to the far east, to Taiwan, to, to, to South Korea, to China, to Formosa, and Hong Kong. We shipped all of our manufacturing industry for clothing. We had them all running from South Carolina all the way up to, to, to New Jersey where all the clothes in this country were being produced and the major shoes were produced. We shipped all those industries abroad. You know why? Because the red states did not want blacks to be competitive. Mm. They did not want you to be competitive. And in the northern cities, in the northern cities, they, they, didn't, they didn't give you the industries. They moved to the suburbs and took those industries with them. See, blacks didn't run down Detroit, Michigan, but Detroit, Michigan used to be an extremely profoundly economically empowered area. They mm. ran whites ran it down by moving everything out of the city and then building suburbs. There was no such thing as a suburb. Suburbs came for white folk that wanted to escape black folk and take the industry and the wealth and the power with them outside the city and then be able to still control the blacks in the city. So even though blacks started dominating those urban cities, they had no wealth base. They have no wealth base. They don't have any wealth base now. So when I look at, if I look at, look at the Democratic Party's plan and I'll say, what are you going to do towards a wealthing and wealthing enriching black folk things are well we can't do anything but just we just let them have have opportunities i don't want black to have opportunities i want them to have access and control of resources that's what i need the issue should be resources what are you going to what resources are you going to shift back into the hands of black folk i don't want to have an access doesn't mean it doesn't mean a hill of beans but we give them equal opportunity i don't want equal opportunity i want i want equal control of resources for our people. And that's what I'm after under Powernomics. So that's why the books from Black Labor, White Wealth, all the way up to Powernomics, those five books called a library pack that they can devour to Powernomics, it tells you step all the way through how to do. Five books called a library pack. You won't be ignorant of like mm. most white, 90% of the whites right now in America. They're totally ignorant of white folks, of black folks' contribution to, this, to, the, to building and sustaining this economy. We're the, we're the most patriotic, like one of the myths is that black folk, you know, they won't fight. Yet this country has been based off of black folk who fighting. White black folk have fought and saved, saved this country from day one. Black folk are the most patriotic people in the country. They're the most patriotic. The, the, the Revolutionary War was caused by black folk. The three black folks started, started the Revolutionary War to gave white folk all those rights. They were the ones that, that, that fought the British. 
and got killed. And even though they were slaves, they got killed trying to fight for help white folk get, get liberties and rights. And then the next time they said, well, the black folks still won't fight. And when the British came back and, and invaded uh, this country during the war, during the war, and black, black, that time, blacks were slaves in the country. And, they, and the British went to burn down Washington, D.C. They tried to burn down Washington, D.C. They did burn down most of it. Burn down the damn capital that you're now talking about saving that is a big issue. Where don't, why don't blacks know this? That's not new for them to climb over the walls and, and run all through the capital. They set the whole damn thing on fire. They even had slaves selling uh, 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 structures outside on the Capitol, on the White House lawn. And what? And guess who? What happened? And they didn't. They went. They, they burned down. Tried to burn down Philadelphia, which was the first capital. The whites tried. The, the British, the white British, tried to burn down the Philadelphia capital. And they tried to burn down the, the capital in Washington D.C. Guess who saved them? Black folk. They had 800 slaves, black slaves, that went there and stopped it, stopped these rednecks from burning down, the, burning down Philadelphia. It was black slaves that stopped them from burning down Washington D.C. Totally. Mm. That was that's who stopped them. As a matter of fact, you hear these white folk with these fable and lies about you know you black folk. We worked hard to free y'all. They didn't work hard to free black folk. Slavery was civil war was not about saving about ending slavery. Why don't they? This is that bull they keep teaching you about. Well, slavery, well, we, we fought to free you blacks. You didn't fight to free black folk. What you were fighting for was the North trying to take over the industries from their South, all those major industries in the South. The North wanted to take over the industries and move to the West and develop the West. They didn't give a damn about black slaves. Now, in fact, 98% of all the whites in America were, were opposed to freeing slaves. And so they didn't want to try to free slaves. Let me, let me jump in on that, Dr. Anderson. I think that's a, that's a good point you make. You know, I think a lot of people had this impression that uh, it was only the people in the South who wanted to keep us in slavery. Uh, a lot of people don't know that that this was a national thing, that there were people all across the United States in the North and otherwise that said, we don't want black people taking our jobs and and uh, and running around here free. Can you kind of speak to that a little bit more, if you don't mind? I don't mind. And see, matter of fact, it was 98 percent of the uh, whites in America were opposed to freeing the slaves. That was in 1860. Guess what? Recent surveys show me now that now that the, reduct, the, the reduction in the amount of hatred and, 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 and uh, fear and, and, and the, the dis, disagreement with how what blacks are right now has been reduced from 98 percent in 100 years. It's gone from 98 percent down to 87 percent. Now, you explain mm -hmm. that now and that it took 100 years for whites to diminish their hatred and fear of black folk by 10 percent. Well, you haven't got a snowball's chance. Why don't you leave people alone trying to make people love you? And see, that's that all that stuff that came out of Martin Luther King stuff about we are all together. No, you're not. They don't want you. They hate you. They despise you. Right now, we are more segregated today than we were in 1954. We are more we are more segregated today in 1954. And that's been that's been that's been over 67 years. You still you still Lord Lord, please help me. Get some people to understand what in the hell they where they are, and, and that's why I wrote I wrote my heart out on these books to say you got to understand this stuff. As don't don't worry about me if you don't like me. I don't care. You know I, I've lived a good life and I understand these issues. And I all my years in politics and international and international politics, I enjoyed running to different countries: the England, Germans, uh, Africa, and uh, or the Caribbean, Bermuda, Bahamas. I went to all these countries, Cuba. I understand these issues. So it doesn't bother me. Well, if you you don't have to do what I'm asking you to do, but you're never going to get over these if you don't understand the issues. 
and the only and I haven't found any books. I got black folk writing all kinds of books, which are not even sit them, just BS. All they do is talk about personalities or picking something white folk are saying and just reacting to it by sitting on the commode in the bathroom and something and and, and writing something. They're not making a damn sense. There's no connection between that and reality. But you gotta understand that the issue right now is that black folk saved the country. As a matter of fact, during the Civil War, white folks said, We died, we died trying to help you, black folk. We thought we fought the Civil War. We died just for you, black folk. No, you didn't. When the Civil War started, they wouldn't even take blacks into the army. But guess what? When they tried to recruit blacks, guess what? You had whites all over the country that refused to go to war. Most black people don't know that. Most whites did not want to go and fight the Civil War. Mm. They don't know that. And as a matter of fact, and out of all the whites that were drafted, they had what's called the draft riots. Draft riots, D-R-A-F-T, draft riots. Whites all around the country fought fought and killed people because they didn't want to go fight, say, we ain't going to go fight nothing for no black folk. But we don't care. Let them keep it saying slavery. And guess what? Over 200, over 200,000 whites deserted, D-E-S-E-R-T, deserted from the, from the military. Mm. And, and, and the United States would have lost the Civil War if they had not done what? They would have lost They went and drafted. They went and drafted black slave, ex-slaves. They drafted over 200 some thousand black slaves to replace the whites who ran away and drafted and deserted from the military. But normally you get shot for deserting. And, and the whites deserted, deserted the military and, and attacked the United States, just like they just did in Washington, D.C. last week. They tell me, we, we, y'all, y'all are taking our country away. They deserted. They brought in those 200 some thousand blacks to join the Union Army. And guess what? It was the black soldiers that didn't turn around and kick the, the red asses in the South. That's, mm-hmm. how the, that's, that's what's in the slave, slavery. Whites didn't save black folk get them out of slavery. Black folk fought like hell and, and wiped out half those damn Southern whites. Mm. Black folk will fight. People say, well, we know black folk won't fight. Even a rat, even a rat will fight if you corner him. And, and you let them whites keep believing. One of the myths they got is that black folk won't fight. Let them keep jumping on white, black folk. Let them keep jumping on beating up and lynching and castrating and shooting black folk. They'll find out black folk will fight. And you're going <laughs> to you're gonna have a major civil war. And following that civil war, the next thing you're going to have, you're going to have food shortages because when you kick those 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 Confederate rednecks in the south and in the west, when you kick their asses, you're going to have food shortages. And following those food shortages, you know what's going to come next? You're going to have water shortages. So you're going to have food shortages probably in this coming year, and you're going to have water shortages following that. And that's so you go back to your question: Should black folk be prepared to survive? Yes. So I learn how to save food, store food, learn how to store water. That's all that's coming. And so that's the answer to your question that you asked me earlier about should black folk be prepared to survive? Where are your drug stores? Where are your where are your hospitals? You have got two hospitals in the entire United States. Can you please explain to me how you're gonna have how you're gonna have how, how this gonna have 47% of the nation is black? And you got two hospitals. That's why you can't get the viruses vaccines. Where are your where are your doctor's offices? Most of your black doctors are gone. You don't have any black doctors. Most of your doctors now being displaced by immigrants coming to the country. They are displaced. You're dependent on them. Where are your hospitals? Where are your drug stores? We used to have drug stores, doctor offices, all kind of professional offices. Powernomics covers all these issues for you. And and people say, I'm not going to beg black folk to buy those books anymore. Don't buy them. You just keep waiting because hell is coming. Mm. Let them keep this wrongly. Well, that's uh, <laughs> well, everybody. Uh, in, uh, in case you in case you don't know who I'm speaking with, uh, this is Dr. Claude Anderson, 
He's the author of the books Powernomics, Black Labor, White Wealth, uh, the, the Black History Reader, Dirty Little Secrets 1 and 2. Uh, his books are all at powernomics.com. I encourage you to go take a look. Uh, and uh, and uh, also, if you could, please hit the thumbs up button right now. Right now, everybody, hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, we're trying to build black media uh, because we need to own our own. And uh, and I think that what Dr. Anderson said about infrastructure is really important. So teach your children about developing infrastructure. Uh, I just had a nephew uh, just yesterday, Dr. Anderson. He was a newborn baby. He was born uh, literally yesterday morning. And, uh, and, and me and my brother were strategizing on how we're going to prepare him for the future. And one thing that we um, agree on is we're, we're going to teach him to be a king and we're going to teach him to be a builder. Uh, we're going to teach him how to develop uh, complete infrastructure, develop systems, uh, the right way to make money, uh, the right way to obtain power, the right way to protect that power, uh, the right way to protect his community, the right way to protect his family, the right way to be a man. And I think that that's what we have to do. We have to be able to build a better black man uh, because because they don't want to build they don't want to build black men. They want to build uh, little black girls and uh, they, they want to build black men into little black girls and also make them into uh, weak little men so that they can control them. Well, we got to build our own kings. They're not going to build your kings for you. It's not even their job. It's your job to do that. And so, Dr. Anson, I want to show you uh, one, one more thing before I let you go, Dr. Anson, because I know you got uh, you got a lot of stuff going on. But uh, but everybody loves you, by the way. Everybody tell Dr. Anson how much you love him. Man. We got to make sure we always do that because uh, he does not have to be out here talking to us. He could be sitting over in the office somewhere uh, doing something else. So please let him know how much you love him. Uh, I'm gonna show you a picture, Dr. Anderson, and I and I and I want you uh, uh, to um, uh, after you have your visceral reaction to this picture, uh, I want to tell you a little story. Uh, this guy right here, uh, do, do, do you know this man? Yeah, I know him. Okay, so Mr. Clyburn uh, out of South Carolina. Uh, when you talk about black people saving America, one of the you know he's one of the black people to help save. Uh, at least save the Democratic Party. Uh, Joe Biden went down south, uh, and he needed uh, a boost to get into the White House. Clyburn delivered South Carolina, and which was a critical turning point in the Biden campaign to get him into office. So uh, one of the things that um, that Clyburn announced today, that I guess this was a, uh, a, a favor for black people, is that Clyburn announced that he wants to make the uh, song Lift Every Voice and Sing into a national hymn. Uh, that is the uh, that is the gift for black people. Apparently, I don't know if there's more coming, but uh, but I, but I heard that now. Now, you know, I, I didn't I didn't have an issue with with the, with the song or whatever it is they want to do with the song, but I find it fascinating that all of our black elected officials, almost none of them, ever even use the word reparations. Uh, like n- none of them uh, will bring up the word. Re- they'll, they'll they'll have they have a lot of symbolism, but. Uh, when it comes to things that involve economics, you almost never hear them really talking about the real economic issues that pe- that people actually want addressed. And I know you've you've touched on this before, but I thought I would tell you that Clyburn story, uh, uh, you know, about making the song into a national hymn, and the fact that I've never heard Clyburn even say the word. I haven't heard him say the word reparations in years. Um, why do you think our our politicians, our friends, our black elected officials are so afraid to use the word reparations? Well, for a very simple reason, they know that white folk right now, probably about 97, 98% of the people, white folk in America are opposed to reparations for black folk because they know they got most of them innately understand that you cannot have power in this country, political power, without having economic power. 
And what and when you start talking about giving black folk transferring and redistributing some resources to black folk, you're talking about empowering black folk. And white folk are scared of blacks. And even that's why they got back in the civil rights movement about black power. They got a fear of that. They don't want blacks to be equal to them or be competitive with them. And you can't, as long as black folk have no wealth and no and, and no economic base, they'll always be a dependent underclass. They are permanent underclass. That's why in the black labor white uh, black reader that the 19, I mean, the 2014 census, United States census by the United States Department of Commerce say that blacks now a permanent underclass, that even every immigrant come this group comes in over black folk, that you haven't got a, that, 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 you have, that you haven't got a snowball's chance in hell of being able to make it without having uh, economic power. And I don't see anybody in the Democratic Party or the Republican Party now talking about things I talk about, about, about how do you enrich black folk and make them a competitive, independent people, and say we don't have to get along with y'all. We can we can all be friends, but we don't have we own our own, own economies. Now, reparations is absolutely essential. So, in the power numbers plan, there are seven things that I said the black folk just have to have. The first thing is something that is materially, not symbolically, or uh, symbolic, or, or or intangible. We need to have something that is very substantive and tangible that signifies that black folk are now beginning to build their own infrastructure. That's why one of the first thing in my plan and the power numbers plan for empowering black folk is a high speed rail system that's gonna run all the way from Jim Clyburn, South Carolina, all the way across the nation. Now, what, what black folks should be saying, why don't they, why, I'm saying it to them now, why don't they contact Clyburn and say, now, since you're connected with the Democratic Party, when they, the first thing that just happened when Biden gets sworn in, the absolute first thing he should do is being able to, to endorse the power numbers plan for the for the for the rail system going across the United States. It's called right now. It's called the um, the IR20X plan. Again, that will run that will run a, a high speed rail system that can take black folk across this country through the cotton belt, the old black cotton belt. For the first time, we'll have an infrastructure that would be primarily instituted by black folk, maintained by black folk. And over 50% of it will be owned by black folk. We're not, I'm not asking for money from white folks for this. This money is already, I got money right now that can be dedicated to build it for black folk. So I'm not worried about that. And we're bringing all my black celebrities to be able to advertise it. And they want, they want to contribute a little money, that's fine. That's the first thing. Second thing is that I want black folk to have an office in the White House called an Office of Native Black American Affairs. Native, native native black american affairs in the white house now i saw somebody recently say they're gonna they're gonna switch it over from from, from native blacks to african-american anybody in america that lives here is an african-american the first human beings on earth were african-americans and anybody coming out of europe is an african-american i don't know what the hell you're talking about when you're talking about an african-american i know what native black americans are these were people who were stripped of all the african-ness and forced to regenerate a new culture to be able to survive in this nation as slaves and to build their own common culture. And we got our own culture. And I want to build our businesses around our culture. The second thing I want them to do, the third thing I want them to do is I started to go back and demand monies that they that people have taken stripped from them. The first thing would, would have been reparations. And I can give them a breakout of how many trillions of dollars. I, I can give them a I can give them a breakdown of the trillions of dollars that the uh, that this nation owed blacks from reparations. I can break it out for them however they want it broken out. But whether it's on the cotton production or the wealth that white folks set up, they set up a system 
on how to generate wealth in this country and where, where, they, where they operated off of every year what they expected a slave to produce. They want a slave to produce 45 to 50 percent of, of, of more than what they invested in him per slave. They spent about five, about, I'm sorry, about three dollars to support a slave. Slaves, but they spent three dollars to support a slave for an entire year. And they, but they won't expect that slave to produce at least $50 in return for what he did in terms of work for the, for the white master. See, we're going to do the same thing for them. I want them, uh, we can multiply that out and I can show you how to get all that out. That's the first, uh, the third thing, reparations for black oak. The fourth thing is now to go back. And I want, I want, I want the Democratic Party to set up and have a special committee for discussing and analyzing and holding the white society and the political structure are responsible for the $57 million that was stolen out of the black Freedman banks in this country. The Freedman, black Freedman banks were set up in the 1850 and the 1850s and 20s for black folk, for black slaves to put their money into it, invest their money in, and have it on deposit to, for, for safekeeping. And, uh, and whites in this country stole, within 10 years, stole all $57 million that black slaves and also the black uh, black soldiers that fought in the Civil War, they deposited their, their salaries into those black banks. And the whites stole $57 billion, million out of it and used it for their own personal needs. I want that money to be discussed in the gov federal government to pay back those whites. Government appointed those whites as administrators over those black banks. And the whites misused that money for their own personal gains and stole $57 million. I want that money paid back to black America in today's currency and today's value. And we're gonna use that money to help build black businesses and black communities. I want that 57 billion re million return to black folk. That's the fourth thing. The fifth thing is that I want, this, I want the same thing for the black Indian lawsuit I got, where Indians right now owe black folk money based on the, uh, on the 18, 1866 civil rights, I mean, uh, uh, tribal agreements in this country that black folk will be treated in all manners the same as way Indian was treated. Black Indians in the country got over in this country. I mean, I mean, black uh, Indians got over in this country by by taking the monies and the land that was owned by black Indians and, and black uh, freemen took that land from them. And I got I got court actions right now in the federal courts in Washington D.C. the appeals court and the district court. And I want to go to the Supreme Court for them to pay back all the trillions of dollars that were owed to black folk on the, on the Indian treaties of 1866. That's number four. And number five, again, I want uh, a lot of other things I got in that, in that for black folks. So but I just gave you the first five out of the six or seven that I got in there. We're going to get money. We want money. I don't want anything. I don't want anything that is symbolic. I don't care about your hiring some blacks on your staff. That, that doesn't turn me on. I don't care about your building basketball courts on blacks on in black neighborhoods. I don't, that doesn't turn me on. I don't care about I don't care about your name is something Martin Luther King Boulevard or, or Rosa Park Boulevard. That doesn't turn me on. I want you to what turns me on is redistribute some money and resources to black folk hands because in this country, like the old rule said. Those who have the gold rule, I want blacks to start ruling their own communities and empowering their own people and holding every black elected official accountable. If you don't elect any black person that does not respect you and appreciate you, 
don't don't vote for them and tell them if you do put them in the office they don't start delivering to black folk something that's tangible financial and economically based then you're gonna pull them out of office just like you're gonna run white folks out of office i, ca I can't hear you. you got me shut off again sorry about that everybody did everybody get that did you get that message uh type a yes in the chat if you got the message, uh, we are the soldiers. Uh, there are thousands of us watching this video right now, and uh, and, and we all gotta we all gotta put, come together and do this. This is not uh, old school black leadership where there's one super negro and everybody else just kind of follows behind one person. It's all of us. You know, we are all the black leaders in this community. Uh, you, you're leading your own family. You're leading your own life. Uh, you, you're leading your community. Uh, we all have to participate in this. So give me a yes in the chat if you understand what I'm saying. What I'm talking about is action-oriented leadership. So decide today, what are you going to do that's going to make a difference? Uh, because if we all do something constructive in this area, then we can all win. So you, you've heard from uh, you've heard from Dr. Anderson. Uh, you've heard from this man who uh, I, I admire tremendously. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. And, um, and I know you all do, too. And uh, but I also respect you enough to say you got to do this. We got to do this. Like if we don't do it, it won't happen. Uh, Joe Biden ain't gonna do it. Ain't no black leader gonna do it. We got to do it. We are the leadership we've been waiting for. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? We are the only thing we have been waiting for, and we are right here and we are ready. So go do it. Whatever that means for you. Whatever doing it means for you. <laughs> and I'm sure we're on the same page because you're on this page. If, if you didn't agree with this, you wouldn't even be here. So you're here because we're all connected now with a like mind. So go do it. Type yes in the chat if you follow what I'm saying. So, so Dr. Anderson, I want to say thank you. Uh, and uh, also your website is right. His website's on the uh, screen, powernomics.com. That's where all his books are. Uh, Dr. Anderson, I'll let you get the last word uh, before we take off today. Uh, what are your final thoughts as we uh, walk out of here today? Well, my, my final thoughts is that you and all of your, your students and uh, your membership, is all a part of our new movement in America, that we're going to do it the right way this time. We're going to do it based on what on the initial thing. Slavery was based on economics. Mm. It wasn't based on getting along with anybody. It wasn't based on social integration. It was based on economic control. And so I want, I want all of you, and I just mentioned some of the things, I want all your listeners and people that they can get in contact with to start in contacting any member of the Democratic Party or any elected official, <clears throat> I don't care, black or white, and saying Dr. Anderson right now has a couple of mate has about six or seven major projects he want to do strictly and solely for black folk to end racism in America. Racism is being, racism is a team sport. And if you don't play as a team, you lose by default. I want black folk now to contact everybody they know and says Doc, one of the first things on Dr. Anderson's list for black folk under the Democratic Party control of this country is right now demand that the Biden that the Biden group begin to help him develop and uh, and and. Uh, and and his uh, his all the things I've already planned for the for the rail system has already been designed. I got all the costs and everything, and all the designs and everything ready and prepared. I just need the endorsement. I need the public endorsement of the of the new White House, which will be the Democratic White House, and all the elected officials in the United States saying we're going to empower Dr. Anderson to the and his black followers throughout the South. We're going to have we're going to have our own system, our own businesses. And they be owned by black folk, and black folk can practice group economics and group politics, and empower their own people with wealth, income, jobs, products, services, and goods. And but do something though. Don't just sit, listen to me. Go out there and do and demand that the Democratic Party now respond 
to the power numbers plan, not to what they've created by talking to people that didn't know a damn thing about politics. I'm saying these things to you because of all my collective experience in all levels of government, having been anything besides over education for a state to being the first black assistant secretary in commerce to being the first black that was a chairman for economic development for governors, Southern governors for running and uh, for building the the economic development commissions in, in Florida, uh, uh, Miami citywide and Miami capital and building some 57 businesses there. I'm telling you from my collective experience, we're going to build our own industries and our own businesses and empower our own people. We aren't begging for anything. All I want from, from this structure, the political structure, and these blacks now who are going along with whites and help endorse these things and help me help black folk. I love black folk. They're exceptional people. I want them to be appreciated, recognized, compensated, and reparated. I thank you all and I love you. And then I'm, I don't love you the way Trump say he loves the red states. But I don't have a red hat. So I don't belong to all that. I just love you. I'm gonna put me a black hat on, but uh, and uh, maybe that maybe that might might be too healthy, but I'll still put it on. <laughs> well, well, Dr. Anderson, we love you too. Uh, everybody, tell Dr. Anderson uh, type we love you in the chat uh, because I, I want I want us to create our own leaders, our, our own superheroes, our own uh, celebrities in, in the sense of people that we admire, not people that are just fair to us. And and uh, and in my in my book, Dr. Anderson is. Uh, uh, that that's uh, that's our Marcus Garvey, right? Uh, that that's um, the man that's uh, opened a lot of doors for a lot of us in terms of our thinking. So, uh, so but but also I want you to be uh, the hero in your own life, in your own story as well. So uh, so we 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 matter to a point, but there's a point where I, I want you to take over the wheel, and I want you controlling the keys to your own life. Okay, so everybody hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button before you go. Uh, please make sure you do that. Also, powernomics.com is where you can take a look at Dr. Anderson's books. And also, don't forget that this weekend we have the Generational Wealth Conference is going to happen uh, in the Black Business School. Uh, if you have an interest in all aspects of generational wealth, everything from um, wills and trusts and estate planning to uh, taxes to uh, insurance, uh, uh, real estate, credit, all this stuff. We're going to cover all that this weekend. So you can go to generationalwealthconference.com. That's generationalwealthconference.com. And we are gone. Have a good day. Thanks a lot, Dr. Anson. Good to see you again, buddy. Well, thank you, buddy. Call me this weekend. I want to find out a couple of things about your program that you're going to have about wealth building this weekend. I have a couple okay. of questions to ask you about that. And do okay. me a favor and ask some of your, your attendees how much of a, have any of them contacted anybody about the high-speed rail system and all these politicians that want to give blacks a lot of symbolic stuff and singing songs and dancing and all that stuff. No, I want some rails running across this country. With people, black folk riding and owning and having ownership in these and all these businesses we're going to be building. Okay. Okay. Uh, got it. I, I will definitely call you. All right. Well, have a good day, Dr. Anderson. Thank you and, uh, take, care, take care, everybody. Uh, we'll see you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.